0: Welcome to another episode of the Who Dat Jedi podcast. I am Aaron and joined with me as always is Dave and Fredo. So uh, anyway, uh, no, a little bit different uh, podcast today. We are going to do a watch episode, everybody, um, because as the Bad Batch is out, we thought it's kind of important to review where the clones came from. And uh, so we're going to watch the attack of the clones. All right, so if anybody wants to watch along with us, uh, just queue up Disney Plus or your VHS or DVD or whatever you've got. I don't know, was it ever released on VHS? Um, But to a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and we will all hit play on the count of three. So it'll be one, two, three, then play. One, two, three, play. So, everybody, this is Aaron. Um, We had a little bit of a technical difficulty. Um, Yeah, something wasn't plugged in, so we weren't picking up Fredo and Dave, and we realized it. uh, didn't realize it until uh, we're all in the Chancellor's office and we see Yoda for the first time. So I'll let you go ahead and queue up to that point so you can join the conversation. So it's right when you see the new CGI Yoda in uh, Emperor Palpatine's office, uh, or I guess it's Chancellor Palpatine at that point, uh, but you can pick it up there. So go ahead and fast forward and come back to the podcast. Yeah, new Yoda. <laughs> Not so much. No.
1: <laughs> and,
2: uh, weird puppet Yoda, much improved Yoda.
0: You know, and yes, and I I do have to say that that I the the I don't understand about that in the Phantom Menace why they I understand why they went puppet Yoda, but why they made him so bad? I mean, for for a creature that ages to up to nine hundred years, he's not going to look that different in a thirty year time span. Mm-hmm. And actually they said, um, they were planning on doing puppet Yoda until the guy, like, I think it's, it's Coleman. I think his last name is, um, the guy who was in charge of making digital Yoda. He just, he convinced them that, Hey, we can do this digitally. Um, and, uh, so it wasn't a, wasn't going, that's a kind of a bad shot of Yoda though. Um, where he's looking all skeptical at the chancellor, um, But anyway, it wasn't a done deal that it was going to be CG Yoda.
1: I find it weird that they go, you know, an old friend like Master Kenobi said, wait, they haven't seen each other in 15 years. And I don't even remember a single scene where he said more than a word or two to uh, Padme in episode one. But I guess that she remembers him. By the way, continue. Uh, uh, Sidebar, and uh, she's going to pop in later. Uh, that's Rose Byrne, who's uh, her handmaid in this one. Made yep. the tradition of future famous actresses who started out being uh, handmaidens to Queen Amidala.
0: So,
2: I don't know. I think this was my first um, real warning bell uh, about this movie was the elevator sequence here where the two of them are supposed to have some sort of camaraderie and they don't. And I guess this scene was, or parts of this scene was shot in post. I'm,
0: I'm glad that you're the one to bring this up. Cause I was just about ready to say this scene bothered me
2: Yeah, it, it... at the time it did. And you know, it again, as we go further in this commentary, I'm going to really sing a lot of praises for this movie. I think it gets maligned too much, but yeah, no, like there were certain things right away that you're like, Uh, that's weird or not great. Um, It's not well acted, you know, and it's not particularly well shot. You're not getting particularly good exposition. Um, Like I said, it's just kind of a warning bell that those particular things are going to be issues. Mm -hmm. It's it's
1: interesting looking at you just from that elevator to now when they're all finally regathering that, It feels kind of cold. It doesn't have the warmth that you would expect. That's kind of why I was asking, like, hey, wait a minute, your old friend Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's like, you know, they met once long ago. Well, now,
0: they they, they could have, Obi-Wan could have had interactions with Padme, you know, prior to this.
1: Well, but 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 then Anakin says, haven't seen her in 10 years.
0: Well, Anakin might not have. Yeah, I'm, well, I guess well. Am yeah, I am hopefully. I the one here trying to plug loopholes, uh, <laughs> but guess, well, and and defend this is. movie? No, uh, you know. That, however, I will say that, uh, and we we're talking about this today, just you know, in our group chat, that I wish the romance part of Anakin's story was kind of the B story, mm-hmm. because all the things. You know, again, we're watching this because you know we've. You know, because Bad Batch and, you know, it's like... And we're, we're, we're having that discussion about, you know, it, it's Attack of the Clones, but it's not really about the Clone Wars. And, I mean, because the story is about Anakin. But if you watch the Clone Wars series, and I've said it a gazillion times on this podcast, that it that is a much more believable story as to how Anakin becomes Darth Vader. Mm. And not, I fell in love and... And that and that's really it. I fell in love and I think she's having a thing with Obi Wan. Now I'm gonna turn to the dark side. You know, yeah. I mean it's or you know, I'm afraid of losing her, so I'm going to, you know, chop the arm off of Mace Windu. Yeah, I don't know. It was I wish it would have been more of, you know, his impatience, his insubordination, his problem with the council. Those are all, you know, that you know, corruption you know, how he just becomes corrupt. I think that would have been a better story. And
1: Well, and can I highlight just some, right quick as we as we transition from seeing, you know, Obi-Wan cuts Anakin down in the middle of everybody, but then acts so warm and comforting when everybody's gone. Yeah. And like, shouldn't that have been inverse? Like, shouldn't they have been trying yeah. to quietly, like, you know, hey, let's get you back to kind of where we're at. And when they're alone, they kind of go like,
0: dude what the heck yeah but you know in uh in empire ghost obi-wan is telling yoda you know that he was not perfect either you know so yeah (laughs) yeah
2: yeah i totally buy that within character that obi-wan's not the best teacher you know and and he allows for that and i i get that um I, i guess my bigger problem i don't have a problem with ewan mcgregor's performance at all really Um, throughout any of these movies it's it's really sort of that Anakin's so unlikable from the start Um, and I get they were going for moody teenager
0: yeah emo Um, Anakin right yeah
2: but I don't know like I think his turn becomes a lot more tragic if you already feel affinity and attachment to his character already and he doesn't really build any of those sorts of likable traits until the third movie.
1: Right.
0: The other I, I mean, again, I, I this this movie is fine. I don't I I do I don't dislike this movie. Um, but again, I do have other problems I have with it uh, that it's far too much of a whodunit.
1: When we know who done it.
0: Well, yeah, it's far too much of a whodunit when we know who done it. And it's like, okay, so I'm gonna fast forward. It's the other thing. I remember being in the theater, and when they you know I'm sorry, I'm skipping way ahead to when they mentioned Master Syphodiaus. And I was like, "Oh, that's a play on words. They're talking about Sidious. And so it was like Sidious who ordered, you know it's it, but no, it was Syphodiaus, and it's like, "Who the hell is Syphodias? and we yeah. we don't get any explanation whatsoever. You know, and it's like it I don't know, it's like they should have made it like somebody we already knew. Or you know, that's the way that's the way all that's the way all mysteries or murder mysteries or Hitchcock things, it's always a character that you know. It's like, oh, it was, you know, old man Schmedley behind the you know, blah blah blah. You know, I would have gotten away now, with it too, you know. I wanna
2: I do wanna address that point because I feel very strongly that um what we were talking about earlier, I I think if you had moved these movies around, if this, if attack of the clones had been episode one, um, you would have had time to pay off those kinds of things. Okay. We're going to create all these mysteries, like who's Scythe with is? What's, what's the deal with Dooku? Where'd that background come from? Um, you know, um, all right, we're going to get to see some of the clone wars. Now we're finally going to get to see some of the clone wars. Um, they would have been able to pay a lot of these things off. And my argument has always been that Attack of the Clones suffers more than any of the other Star Wars movies based on what came after it. Revenge Revenge of the Sith did not pay this movie off in any way, shape, or form. And I understand why it didn't, because they had a time crunch. It's like, well, we got to do the, the fall of Anakin, and we got to do this, and we got to pay off the romance, and the kids gotta get born, and all these things. But it's like he painted himself into that corner. But
0: by God, let's spend twenty minutes fighting a giant praying mantis. You know, I mean.
2: <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed that, but you know, for whatever it is, and I like I like this too. I like this sequence a lot. The the role reversal of this is nice. Now when you're,
0: you're using the kind of the, the, the this and those, we're, we're in the okay. scene where, uh, Obi-Wan is chasing after Zam Wessel who tried to, you know, murder Padme. So it's that whole hanging we're, from we're a droid point, scene. Yeah. yeah.
2: And I, I gotta say like, Obi-Wan taking a dive through the window endeared himself to me more so than almost anything else he had done throughout the prequels. I was like, okay, that's, that's, more
0: you're committed to your job
2: yes yeah. it, very committed to your job that that kind of goes against character or what we would expect and i i really like that about it
0: now but, apparently i'm sorry apparently so there's good. a there's a tie fighter flying through coruscant is that right during this it, in an uh, enterprise i think like little easter eggs i've heard that if you look in the background of all the flying traffic you're going to see like the enterprise you're going to see a tie fighter course it might just be matrixing but
2: uh i've never had the patience to sit down and try to pause and
0: no i haven't either
2: yeah so two things are
1: kind of up in mind, and i do, I do want to uh, get into kind of what you brought up there because it's a good point regarding kind of the time crunch that george lucas built for himself by stuff making episode one be so disconnected from everything that happens in two and three in so many ways Episode two becomes another setup movie, where you should have episode one be set up the characters, episode two be the conflict, and episode three be the payoff. Even if it's you know the fall of Anakin, the fall of the Republic, etc., you know because you didn't get all of that set up in a uh, properly, you're cramming all of it in here, and it doesn't get a lot it doesn't get paid off. Which kind of brings me to kind of the point right now. They're chasing a bounty hunter who was sent by another bounty hunter to murder the senator. And as far as I can tell, her, his plot that he gave to her was, look, here's this little tube connected to this little, to this thing that's gonna, uh, to this uh, vessel, is gonna bring it over to her window. The two little worms are gonna come out and they're gonna poison her, right? Why couldn't Django Fett have been the one doing all that? And, and the reason is, because we gotta build the mystery of who Django Fett is and whatnot, right? Yeah. It's got nothing to do with Sam. It's got everything to do with Django. So uh, because of that, because we got to show that okay, he's willing to kill her. They do that. There's got to be some sort of payoff to all this chase beyond uh, just simply chasing, and it it creates a weird dynamic. Why isn't why is Django fed hired somebody else? If if the if the plot goes along well, he doesn't need to have another pair of eyes that's aware of what happened.
0: Yeah, I don't have an answer for you. We need to we need to have George Lucas on you know the mm-hmm. on the podcast. Um, ha- however, this this chase scene, I I lose my interest about halfway through it. You know, when we start, just it's right now, it's just kind of about seeing different parts of Coruscant. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Well, I mean, they teased it so much through uh, uh, the little short. Uh, seen in Return of the Jedi, and seen a tiny bit of it in Episode One, so it felt natural. At some point, they were gonna have to give us a good chunk of Coruscant, like we've been telling you about it and telling you about it. Well, here it is, and doing a chase sequence through the through the skies of it makes sense. I guess I don't know. I just I'm not sure about the the structure of of what the heck they you know what the heck the, the plot is here. They're trying to kill Padme, but they're going about it now. And, and, a, and I
0: like how her, her protection like just leaves her high and dry. It's like, all right, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> like if like, you uh... <clears throat>
1: like had said, yeah, like, if, like it would have been interesting if, if they had said, okay, if, if Jango had hired Zem to uh, take the Jedi away and then he would have come in from behind trying to take, her, uh, take uh, uh, Padme out. And in the middle of all this, the Jedi gotten a message from, uh, what's the name of the new captain? It's not Typho. Kind of, yeah, if it had been Captain Typho going like, "Hey, we're under attack! Somebody's trying to get in here. Get back
0: here!" See, I, I'm sorry, I don't like the way they have Obi Wan behave here, where it's like, "You did, me. you should have turned that way." Be, be, be. Yeah, I'm so mad. Be. And then Anakin, it's just, I don't know, It that that portrayal of Obi Wan bothers me.
1: Um I think it's it's very much, uh, you know, he's trying he's trying to be dad. And then Anakin will say later, oh, you know, you're like a father to me. But I'm like, you know, the dads don't usually try like that.
0: And there's absolutely, I'm sorry, I, we're running the, we got to start talking good things here in a little bit, but I'm going to say we just get the reveal that she's a changeling. She, Zam Wessel, you know, changes form. There's absolutely no reason for it. We we get, I mean, because we, I mean as we fast forward here in a little bit, it's not going to matter... To, they make it seem like it matters to the story, but it doesn't at all. So, I don't know. It's just interesting.
2: I think it's to make the scene in the sports bar feel more dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, you don't know. You got to watch your back. You don't know where you might catch a laser blast in the back. and That kind of thing. Um, but you're right. I mean, like, ultimately, they don't pay that off. And and some of that stuff when we talk about. Attack of the Clones is like, um, to me, it's the ultimate tease because it's got so many good ideas and it's got so many interesting concepts. And in a lot of ways, it really swings through the fences. But the execution isn't always there. And I've always kind of likened it to a home run hitter who strikes out all the time, like a Sammy Sosa. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Um, This is the Sammy Sosa of the Star Wars films because um, the high beats are really, really nice. And you can see what they're going for. They're going for home runs. Um, But they also strike out a lot.
0: So a couple now I'm starting to like the Obi-Wan character at this point, because I love it when, you know, he's just like, cool your jets. She's gone into hide, not to run away, you know, so we don't need to be running. Um, then he's, you know, eventually he says, I'm going to go up to the bar. Well, what for to get a drink? It's like, I I just, I don't know. just dig that part of Obi-Wan. Um, Mm -hmm. But then, of course, that, the, the, that feels
1: like old school elegance.
0: Yeah. But the killer line coming up here is, um, Anakin, why do I feel you're going to be the death of me? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I always love that line. I know some people groan at it or roll their eyes at it, but it just, to me, it was just so spot on perfect.
0: So we got, uh, it's kind of like if, uh, you had the, uh, um, Mostly Cantina meet Canto Bite. You know we're kind of halfway in the middle here. This is just a yeah. I was
1: gonna say the Cantina meets Buffalo Wild Wings.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the big screen TVs showing robot football, um, and in the background you're gonna see Ahmed Best and uh, Anthony Daniels eventually here. So actually, you know, two people they get to actually show their face.
1: And isn't that uh George's daughter?
0: Mm, no. no. The Twilak? Yeah, no. Yeah, it was. No, she, I think she's she doesn't she's not until episode three. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly I'm fairly certain unless somebody wants to Oh, we just missed the death sticks. You wanna yeah. buy some death sticks? You don't want to yeah, sell far, me death far, sticks. Far, I don't, don't want to sell everybody. you death sticks.
1: For the good of everybody, let's move on beyond the death sticks. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, it's kind of a fun thing watching Anakin who clearly doesn't seem to have any understanding of, of what's going on around him.
0: And he sticks out like a sore thumb, yeah.
2: <laughs> and trying to act like the, you know, official Jedi business and everything, you know. And he's just this goofy kid.
1: Well, and, and it kind of points to something that's kind of an issue that really comes bigger into into focus through the Clone Wars show is how disconnected Jedi like Anakin are from society. Obi-Wan's the rarity. Obi-Wan's the guy who's got friends in low places, in the lower levels of Coruscant, who goes to weird places to have drinks, even though he's supposed to be the model Jedi. Meanwhile, Anakin, who's supposed to be the rebel, not really.
0: Now, here is where you actually start to see Anakin... The dark side of Anakin, when he's like, Tell us now, you know, and like he's just that again, that pissed off, you know, frustrated, you know, just take the quick, easy path and yell at people. That's like I said, that's that's the Anakin I wanted to see more of. And now we start the Scooby Doo episode.
1: By the way, uh, for the record, yeah, that was Katie Lucas. Okay, I stand corrected. No name, Minx. She actually played a cameo in every one of the prequels.
0: You ever wonder who actually makes the decisions on the Jedi Council? It always seemed, is it like just Yoda and Mace? Or is it just Yoda? Or because it's just like nobody ever speaks up or says anything except for Yoda and Mace.
1: it's almost clear that Mace is kind of like the leader of the Jedi, but Yoda is like the senior figure, senior most figure. So therefore he gets to kind of have a voice.
0: Yeah. yeah and you know, I, and, and I'm sorry, the Jedi Council has nobody to blame but themselves for Darth oh. Vader, you know, because they're all just kind of, I mean, as much as a pain as Anakin is, they're, they're not very it, they they just really don't like him you know it's i don't they're, know they're, they're, just, not good they're just people real... persons
1: they're not good people person they you know you know how was it how to, how to lose friends and alienate people it seems like they they took a course in that
0: and and here all of a sudden it's just the chancellor and anakin are buddies you know it's uh, that that wasn't really set up for us all that much yeah, maybe a little bit in episode one we'll keep an eye on you type of a deal, but, but oh well. I mean, that's the thing though, is that you got to cut it some slack. Cause like anybody who is, who is of our vintage going into this, we, we know what's going to happen by the end of episode three. Mm -hmm. The only thing we don't know is how Anakin falls, you know? So we know he becomes an apprentice to, you know, the emperor. We know that he becomes Darth Vader. We know everything, but we don't know how, and uh what do you think about yoda on his floaty chair
2: it didn't bother me it made practical sense so that the actors could talk to somebody who wasn't like on the floor but
1: uh well and it's it's the kind of it's the kind of part that you know he's missing when he gets a dagobah <laughs> I, mean, I should have packed the floaty chair
2: i forgot to pack the floaty chair <laughs>
0: And and he kind of, he kind of scolds uh, Obi-Wan and Mace there about, uh, you know, how it's the older Jedi seem to be a little bit more uh, kind of flawed. I don't know. There's just, an, I can't remember exact what mm-hmm. the exact line is, but Yoda, Yoda reminds me of my grandma Swoboda, you know, where it just kind of, she'll, she would say something, just kind of wink, you know, there was always a double meaning to it, so... And... which is
1: interesting because oh he's also he, he excludes himself from the group of people who doesn't see a lot of the issues happening in front of him because you know Sadia sat in front of him and he didn't notice him so.
0: Yeah, so
2: I'd like to acknowledge um, since the romance beats here are uh, less than uh, perfect. Uh, I'd like to acknowledge some of the cinematography the staging of some of these shots and and how that's put together it's it's so beautiful um
0: however did you ever think you'd see a suitcase in star wars
2: (laughs) that's just one of those little things you know it's like well we saw glasses in the uh, battle for endor so So, sorry to interrupt
0: you there but yeah star wars suitcase
2: but i think like the some of the visual effects in this film don't hold up as well right and we've said that about the prequels in general Mm -hmm. some of that stuff cgi stuff is just um it can be a little tough and green screen stuff is tough to look at but yeah it was
0: there but it wasn't quite there yet
2: right but um still in spite of that um i i like to watch this film just for some of the visuals and the music uh which is john williams you know it's like does his usual great job one of his weaker scores out of all uh nine of the movies but um it's john williams you know we're grading on the curve there
0: uh, I, don't, I don't know i i I mean, I think it's, uh, it's got some really cool things, some cool elements. Again, the, I, I think he started losing the operatic elements in episode three. Um, like I said, with the light motifs and things like that, he just started using clips of, you know, the, high, <coughs> of, the of the, pardon me, I'm choking on something. Um, but he, I mean, so I, I really actually dig this and actually it was kind of funny because when I would teach my, my high school kids about operatic techniques, I would use the star Wars saga and actually episode two was one that I went to a lot because when you get into the garage scene and Anakin's getting all torqued off and the, and the emperor's theme is in behind him, you know, showing that, you know, um, Faustian, you know, influence it's, uh, so.
2: I, I think where I, where I would critique it is just the lack of newness here. Um, You have uh, Across the Stars, which is a beautiful piece of music. And then um, not a whole lot else that was really new. It it felt kind of recycled from the first movie, which was, that was my critique. But again, picking nits because it's John Williams. And um, back to my original point, which is like, and this isn't an original thought of mine, but I, I tend to agree with the other people who've stated this um star wars can be kind of a silent movie in Mm. a way if if you if you were able to just remove the dialogue dialogue and just watch it and listen to the music um you could pick up on what's happening Mm. And, and i like that about this movie in particular of all the star wars movies i feel like this is a movie that kind of falls into that in the best way. I'm sorry, Fredo, what were you going to say?
1: I was just going to say, to defend uh, uh, John Williams even further, a lot of what happened to him in the prequels is a result of Uh, the editing by George Lucas, because he was submitting whole scores, and then Lucas was chopping and cutting, because he was editing right up until just about a week before. They literally had to turn in the master uh of the movie in order to make all the prints so he was cutting and chopping up until the last minute and he cut up and chopped the score to fit what he saw and sometimes he'd go back and say okay i'll just double up on this uh, uh musical note because i wanted to hit again or yeah that's too long you know because like, you know john williams scoring the whole scene not you no know, so i don't that, that happened all throughout the prequels but Especially he, and even get to even worse in
0: episode three. So here we here we are in Dexter Jetsters. I and I don't know how I feel about being in a you know 50s diner. 50s diner, but one of my favorite memes ever is right here when Obi Wan says, "Do you know what this is?" and he holds the saber dart, and then it cuts to Dexter Jetster saying, "Nope," and then it's credits <laughs> 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 because the movie ends if if he doesn't know what's going on here. Um, you know I. And again, I get it. It's that you know, throwback to American graffiti, and but it's just to see the salt and pepper shakers, and you know, do you want some Java juice? It's like really, that's how lazy you are, Java juice. You know, <laughs> it's like, I don't know, but uh, and it's Alice's Diner, right? Because we got Mo or Mel here, and then Flo was the waitress.
2: Um, I think the sports bar was different enough. For me to not like blanch at it, but this the diner never really worked for me super well. It just seemed too
0: I would have I would have liked more in the library, when he goes to the library here in a little bit, you know, Jacosta mm-hmm. New saying, Hey, have you seen this? She's like, No, I've never seen that before, but maybe you can look up, you know, or or yeah, I've read about that on Camino or something. Yeah, I don't know. I think sometimes it was like it almost seems like we need it we need to have another CGI character. Who's it gonna be? Hey, let's make this make this guy Dexter Jester. I don't know. I I'm, I don't I don't want to sound like the curmudgeon here, but um, yeah, I I think this was just an awkward scene.
2: I think this is a good example of what I was talking about, though, where it's like you're gonna hit your batting average, you know, and like there you're gonna swing and miss sometimes, and I feel like the and- the diner is a bit of a swing and a miss
0: and if i can pause for a second here's another miss is that he's looking at a statue of count dooku right and in the in the book timeline. they explain it a little bit in the in the book they do but here i mean a, a little bit of backstory of you know just maybe a little back and forth between obi-wan and jocasta New, the librarian about count dooku well it would they've
1: have it they did that scene is a deleted scene where they discuss the it, so the missing 20 I forget the term of it, but there is a scene where uh, Jocasta Nu and Obi-Wan discuss uh, um, Count Dooku and the fact that he left, that it was a Jedi, that it was really good and noble, and then he left.
0: And by the way, she is like every school librarian. Well, if it's not in here, then it doesn't exist. It's like, yeah, you're every school librarian I've ever worked with. <laughs> yeah.
1: By oh, okay, sidebar, because right now we're getting to see the um, the refugee ship on that Batman, Anakin, I travel in. Who are these refugees? What are they fleeing?
0: I, I, think, I think what we're on right now is we're on the, the Star Wars Greyhound bus. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean... Okay.
2: Obi Wan said, "Travel as refugees." It didn't mean that everybody on the Greyhound okay. here was it's, a refugee.
0: Yeah, I, I, but I, th- I think it's like just yeah, you, get, okay. you just dress, okay, that, dress that down, and me. don't draw, you know, draw attention to yourselves, you know. But okay, uh, so
1: that, okay, that did confuse me because the person was like, "Wait a minute, refugee transport?" Like, oh no, okay, so they're on Star Wars Greyhound, acting like they're just two drifters.
0: I like Anakin here is uh, trying to, you know say yeah i'm a jedi i can still love people you know wink wink it's uh yeah it fits in right you know it's uh unconditional love you know <laughs> it's right. like
1: it's what the greeks so a campaign. but there there, there yeah
0: there, there are some there are some moments where where hayden hits what the character you know that i mean He's trying to work his way through the rules to get what he wants, right? You know, he's not evil yet, but um, well, now we have all the little padawans. Where's Grogu? Where's Grogu? Really, Grogu should be in there somewhere.
1: Somewhere in the well, you know, you know, they, they don't let dads teach your kids. <laughs> Jedi rule. Jedi can't rule.
2: This okay, so. This was all very cute and lovely, and and it, and it makes Yoda more endearing. But goodness gracious, where the kid figures it out and Obi wan can't—that just drove me nuts watching it in theater. I'm like, come on, really? And, it,
0: and it's the because somebody erased it from the Jedi archives. It's like, all right,
2: yeah, we we yeah we know.
1: Well, as you said, it's he's trying to present it in a way in which. The answer is obvious, except for the dogma they exist with. The dogma, Jocasta knew, and the Jedi, man, so it's, like, it's a juxtaposition, kind of going back to the kind of the point we've been talking about of, you know, the Jedi are locked into the way they see well,
0: things. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, it is, it, the other way. Yeah. it is. It is. you know, Obi-Wan is, you know, with, with age, we always make things more difficult than it actually is, you know
2: and right out of your point I, I like that interpretation i mean that it's a artistic right. uh, he's a representation of the jedi in that moment of not being able to unplug his way of thinking yeah you've seen the forest from the trees right. yeah All right, exactly. so i
0: i have a question and um i mean star wars is full of there i mean there's, there's tons of things it's like are are the Jedi dressed as people on Tatooine or are the people on Tatooine dressed as Jedi? We're not going to get into that. But the training remotes that all the little kids are using. So go to A New Hope. Did Was that in Obi-Wan's backpack that he just brought with him when they went to Mos Isley, Or was that on the Millennium Falcon? I would
1: say more likely it went us with Obi-Wan because you gotta imagine at some point he's say if he's thinking at some point I may have to train young Luke Skywalker I gotta I gotta have some sort of training but uh, get equipment here for him I came not right. gotta have some work uh, gotta have some workbooks for him to test you know to work out his uh, math problems
0: r2d2 going up the stairs is another thing that bothers me
2: <laughs> he, well, we, maybe she's got jets what, yeah, yeah yeah later, later in the on, movie, on the movie he
0: does yeah it sure does
2: yeah. Yeah, they 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 explain it later in the movie, but uh, yeah, no, like I always assumed that Ben, that was Ben's training thing, because like he needs to train, right? He needs right. to his skills sharp. So,
1: no, it makes sense that once Obi Wan brought it into the Millennium Falcon and the New Hope, that he just left it there because you know, more important things to do, and that's what uh, uh that's what uh Finn found. Yeah.
0: yeah
2: two
1: generations
0: later now this scene i really i love how padme makes anakin like about two inches tall oh he's just a padawan he's just a padawan learner he's not a jedi and he's like you know um i i I think that is those types of things you know it shows anakin's again his impatience his you know but then when he's trying to, you know, when we get to the creepy, you know, scene a little bit later, <laughs> it's well, where he's trying me, too hard. And let
1: me ask this. Do, do we know if he's been told about the prophecy of the Chosen One by this point? Mm. I, I mean, not, I don't think it's, everybody talks around it and about it, but I don't know if he's aware of it.
0: Because
1: yeah. he, he acts like he thinks he's the hottest, tough, you know coolest guy in the galaxy watch watch me throw my lightsaber and i'm more powerful than you've ever known but
0: yeah i mean he's he's like the cop that has its you know his uniform on for the first time and is walking around you know with the gun and a badge and like like you know Wyatt Earp or something so i mean yeah and I, but, this is this is actually his first mission on his own as well right is that that's yeah. set up in this movie isn't it yeah.
1: Yep, it is. It is, and he's
0: working it. All right. So, what do you what do you think about the uh, the hyperspace rings? I thought that was an interesting uh, little bit of technology that they introduced because that was always I remember something we talked about. It's like uh, the TIE fighters couldn't go into hyperspace. You know, um, certain certain ships couldn't, and so to give them a little ring that you know basically it's it's like the rent bike. You know, um, that can take you from one end of the galaxy to another there is no room for an astromech droid in that ship none
2: (laughs) uh well yeah those are separate issues right uh you know per the ring thing i liken it to the um pod racer sequence in the in the first film when when you can kind of see on his display when he's losing power and he has to transfer power from one engine to the other. you It makes logical sense within the context of what we already know. It's like, oh, that is how they would do that. It's like I don't know the you know the ins and outs of the technology, but it's like that that passes with me. That that makes sense to me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a cool little twist on the technology that makes it feel again lived in. It makes it feel. It's some real, okay. They make it seem like we get the introduction to Lamasu and Nala Say the uh, the two Kaminoans from yeah. that, from Clone Wars and Bad Batch. And
0: well, uh, no, this is this is Lamasu and and Wee, right?
1: Tan Wee, okay. Yeah, but what's interesting is that she goes, "Oh, you're expected," and she goes right away to meet him to bring him to to sit in the weird, uh, you know, have, spoon chair, uh, Air, airpod chairs, you know you know but uh but it's interesting that they know that he's coming they're expecting him and they're just telling him flat out oh here's your army and like they didn't check his id
0: you know well and and speaking of this, this is the, the obi-wan here it's like you know uh you're you're here to see your army he's like well that's why i'm here you know it's like he is he, he was like me when i was 19 uh, at the uh at the hotel bar at uh when we were at the NCAA tournament and I ordered a beer and they said, now you're 21, right? Well, yeah, I am. You know, it's like, like, or, or it's like when I met Nancy Pelosi and, you know, she knew I didn't belong where I was as a democratic fundraiser. And she just looks me up and down and says, thank you for all you do for the party. And my answer without blinking an eye was it's my pleasure. I was thinking Obi-Wan at that time, you know, it's like, you just, just, read the signs and play along and you too can uh can get your way into things
2: um so to that point of this dialogue being like kind of awkward and it's like the acting you know like again i i, lo- I love and mcgregor in this role but he's like that's why i'm here you know it's like okay it's kind of funny but how effective of a scene is it on the surface level it's debatable those sorts of creative decisions um, are really debatable, and uh, we're we're coming up on a real bad one. But yeah. um, I, you know, but consider the subtext of that, like Camino itself. It's this ravaging external environment, which kind of itself represents a harsh, warlike galaxy in a way, and yet. You know the Caminoans are like sort of safe from that, and that's how they're choosing. That's that informs what we're going to learn about them later, which is like they are insulating themselves from war by feeding the war machine.
0: So you you just had a really deep thought here, and now I'm going to I've heard this speculation. I'm going to take us down, you know, not as deep of a thought. However. There's there's some spe- that speculate that Anakin is playing a Jedi mind trick to get Padme to go along with him.
1: Hmm, interesting. I never thought of that.
0: I mean, because she she really she really goes from oh, he's he's just a padawan learner, you know, and you're just a little boy to making out on on the lake, you know, it's like you know.
2: Mm-hmm. I think, again, this is. I mean, it's an interesting idea. It makes more sense than the actual intention, which I think the intention is she's been hiding her feelings. And because you get no indication of that, hmm. none, which is weird. Because what? in the first movie, she's all very friendly and kind and warm and welcoming. And and now I mean I get there's a lot on her mind and I guess you could you could always go with that explanation for how how she's acting, but it's just it's eh, eh. his hit that line the sand line is what does it for her.
1: Well and, and when you yeah, and when we start thinking about their relationship, I mean they've just reconnected a few days prior. Okay, they've been on a romantic Greyhound ride. And, uh, you, know, you know, Naboo by the lake is quite pretty. You know, they want to go back there. But at the same time, it's like this, you know, you've spent half the time cutting him down to size and the other half time hearing him kind of gripe.
0: That's why That's why I think it's a really interesting thought of, and, and it actually makes him, makes the, the dissension to Darth Vader, you know, it, it just shows how devious he is if he was to basically mentally roofie her. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like to use a Jedi mind trick to get her to go along with him. Um, boy, we just but ruined doesn't... Star Wars for a lot of people right now.
2: <laughs> doesn't he tell her that later, though? Like, mind tricks only work on the week. So. <laughs> So, like, they do acknowledge it, I think, intentionally to say, like, no, he didn't mind trick her, but...
0: Mm-hmm. Now, not one clone is an actual person. It's a That sounded goofy, right? But it, they're all CG. Sure. They're all CG. Mm-hmm. And I think you can... And I was saying this about, you know, the Bad Batch. You can get away with that. You can animate people in a robot-type armor and get away with it, but animating... People people is tough and i i really didn't again this is where i think they could have been spending more time on other things than the romance of anakin padme have them you could you could hurry up and get them to kiss and realize all right they are a thing now they like each other good and let's go on to the other elements of you know the war and things like that but we spend too much time
1: I think, the mis- you know, I know it's not a mistake, it was, it was Lucas's vision. He was picturing a great romance, a Dr. Shibago in space. Mm-hmm. But the problem here is he doesn't have the kind of character, he's not he doesn't have the kind of character actors that Dr. Shibago had, nor does he have necessarily the dialogue. those characters
0: did but again it's like our conversation today you know it's it's he missed his own point that the whole point of this story is the 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 rise and fall uh, or the fall and rise the the fall and redemption of anakin skywalker and so it's not about the romance of anakin and padme and that's what episode two and episode three become is the romance of anakin it becomes bonnie and clyde in space you know it's that it's this this romance and bonnie and clyde's the wrong you know yeah. one there yeah, but, I, I but you, what but you get what i is, mean it's yeah. it's uh it's it's he lost sight of his own story i well,
1: think and, and, and to support your point i think it would have made far more better sense to give your limited screen time to the bigger war plot and minimize this plot you know as anakin is writing the weird Naboo uh, cow that looks like a watermelon looks like i know, think
0: it's a I,
2: dung beetle
0: I, I was gonna say the naboo <laughs> booby it looks like you know
1: exactly you know and now they're gonna roll roll in the hey they're gonna have a roll in the roll, roll in roll. the hay roll in the hay and so i, I think that you could have you know if you were not getting necessarily the emotional beats that you needed you could have trimmed it somewhat and and recognize okay here are the big beats i gotta give C- kind of like they did with uh an empire with uh, Leia and Han. That's not a romance that takes half the movie to set up.
0: Hey Dave, I got. to ask... Happens
1: in three, four key scenes, and boom, you got it.
0: Dave, I got to ask you a question. How long have you and Kate been married?
2: Uh, Twelve years.
0: All right. So Brittany and I are going to be married 25 years here in June. Have you ever once rolled down a hill with Kate?
2: As you <laughs> I don't think we've rolled down a hill together. And why?
0: And why is little Boba Fett so skeptical and pissed at Obi Wan here? Why does he have any reason to? It's just some dude at the door. I
2: think that's raised. The <laughs> they don't get do the <laughs> skeptical, angry little kid. You know.
0: See I I I do not like this back and forth with. Obi-Wan and Django it's
2: I I actually really enjoy it
0: I mean you I I do like the element of it's like we're both saying stuff to each other and we know that the other is you know got the other pegged we 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 both have each other pegged but I don't know
2: it's it's interesting to me upon further reflection that uh Obi-Wan didn't act And again, this could be where his training gets the better of him because, uh, he goes and he checks in with the council before he acts, right. I need to go get the council's permission. And then they're like, yes, apprehend this guy and bring him in, obviously. And, um, whereas he, he was in a position to potentially take him by surprise here and take him. Yeah. Well, I also
1: do wonder if he had tried to, you know, to arrest him right then and there. First of all, if uh, Ting Wei would have allowed him to do so. Uh, or, I, don't I don't know if she would have had much no choice. You know, he is under, he's an employee there, so to speak, or a contractor. You know, Obi-Wan's a visitor. But it's not like he's not got any jurisdiction there as far as they're concerned. Not yet, at least.
2: Okay. Uh, I, I think he could have done it <laughs> asked for forgiveness later. Um, and I That's do... more Anakin. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That we...
1: also goes of them.
0: Can we pause for a second and see we're seeing Tamura Morrison for the first time? We just saw him, you know, in The Mandalorian. That's kind of bizarre. Um, Years oh. later. And, okay. And this dinner scene of him showing off with cutting the pear, and... Ugh, I don't know. I think That's
1: that Tramom right. Ram great romance
2: like, on your eyeballs. They, they, could, they, you could know, have had,
0: they could have had one scene and we would have bought that they were a thing. Like I said, it's... I,
2: I will encourage anyone who's not seen the deleted scenes to check them out because I think the scenes with her family um, are actually a good example of the two of these actors for whatever reason, maybe the dialogue's better or their performance is better or both. Um, But there's a warmth and an affection there that you don't get in a lot of these other scenes. You could cut a lot of these scenes out to your point and replaced it with that scene with her family. Um, And I think the movie would have been better for it.
0: Hey Fredo, since you're since you're quick on the uh, on the searching and finding things, I want you to find out how many costume changes Natalie Portman had in this movie.
1: Okay, Well, I look, uh, for that. Uh, it's interesting. It's such a weird cut. They go from the ride and airy, oh, cute dinner scene to fire fireplace in the middle of the night, and we we have to swear our love to one another right here, right now. <laughs>
2: I, yeah, I do think, like, there's an urgency here in this scene in particular that I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> there's a yeah. disturbance in the forest, Dave, <laughs> and it's in his pants. That's <laughs> the urgency. I mean,
2: I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of that, but I don't know. I mean, I am. we have to commit to one another right now. You know, like you said, that's kind of... Oh, like- like, if dude, you are
0: suffering as I am, then tell me now. And it's like, oh, God, I wouldn't. Uh, send him dude,
1: that, that, is, that is the perfect way to go about not getting her to say yes to anything. Yeah, right? 911, uh, <laughs> come, get, come get this creeper out of my house.
2: Now, and, and here's where I'll defend some of this. Not all of it. Um, this is how an awkward teenager who's been chastely raised by a bunch of monks... Would probably pursue a romance. Well,
0: and but however, okay. So I'm going to get back to what we've talked about with the rise of Skywalker and w- with the Last Jedi and stuff like that. My problem with the whole Raylo community is that it is, I mean, it's the celebration of a very unhealthy, abusive relationship, and that's the way this one is starting. He's he's aggressive. He's you know, uh, you know, it's this is just. I don't know. It's just a bad situation, you know? Um, and it's, I don't know. It's, I, I, I guess I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. I actually kind of like it that she kind of, you know, right now is like, no, you know, hit the bricks, buddy. You know, we're not doing this. Um, but I, it, it's, it's kind of sending a message of, well, he is really dreamy and I really do like him. So I'll, I'll forgive the fact that he, you know, Killed a bunch of sand people, and you know, you know what I mean. It's, uh, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: it's it's weird that you no, know, because she's. I mean, I well, we kind not, of get that they're they're eventually going to have to give in. I mean, they have to give in to their emotions, otherwise, we don't get look and Leia. So
0: let's, but, well, but however, let's let's say this. Let's 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 do a how it should have ended type of a thing. What if? Anakin and Padme have their weekend at Naboo and they have their one night of awesomeness. And, but she's like, Nope, you are a mess. You know, you're no good for me. And she becomes pregnant. He doesn't know about it. You know what I mean? So, and so all of, all of episode, all of episode three is him, you know, just, you know, she doesn't want anything to do with him and it makes him more mad, more mad, more mad, you know, instead of Anakin, tell me, hug me like you did on Naboo, you know, that whole thing. It might have been kind of well, an interesting thing. I mean, but
2: I think he, George didn't want to go down that road of the, you know, out of wedlock relations thing, um, because this was all very much still at this stage was him. He was very focused on I'm making movies for kids and families. So mm-hmm. um yeah. I think he didn't want to go down that road. So, so
1: boudicals are not about
2: families?
0: And the look here that Yoda gives Mace and Mace gives Yoda, they there's that that struck me like the um Baru and Owen, you know, like He's got too much of his father in him. That's what I'm afraid of. It's like, wait a minute, what why are you guys what what are you talking about? You know, here they look at each other and they like they know something. At least that's what it's communicating to me. Sorry, I totally took the conversation elsewhere. But it seems like Yoda and Mace know something is up. And again, like you said, Dave, it doesn't get paid off.
2: Nope. Not really. Oh, but you know, Fredo, I, I know that you're you're probably just giving me a hard time, but Um, yeah I you know I honestly I don't feel that um, you know children being born out of wedlock is a particularly big deal Um, but I know that again this is a at this point a Disneyfied company and um, 20 years ago I again this was 20 years ago too like I think a, a lot of opinions have shifted uh, on what a traditional family is supposed to look like
0: but in the next movie they have Anakin slaughter children
2: <laughs> or you mean the and next- you're
0: concerned about what the kids are going to think about kids being born i I'm I'm being a little facetious with you here I'm I'm I don't know if you I don't know if you can go down the 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 path of George was you know trying to keep this. You know, for kids, because this movie and especially the next movie are not kid movies. Actually, episode three was almost R-rated.
2: So take, take it up with the country's religious leaders. Yeah, yeah. So, That's who he was worried about. It was little back.
1: And and, uh, and to be fair, I also don't want to dismiss just simply the fact that I I do believe that Lucas was locked into telling this great tragedy of these star-crossed lovers, much in the same way as Romeo and Juliet, or Dr. Zhivago, or any of the great romances that he grew up watching from Hollywood. And while a one night of Torrid passion might have gotten the deed done, so to speak, I think he did want to present this idea that Anakin was a good guy, and Padme so through all of his stuff in order to find that good guy and fall in love with him. Likewise, he fell in love with her and that, unfortunately, they, the tragedy of their lives was that he was also seeking power while at the same time he was married to her. So, th- th- I, 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 you know, I agree with you, Dave, that there's always going to be an extra real world kind of pressure on him to, as to kind of how he tells his story. But at the same time, I do believe he, he had it in him to say, I want to tell this great romance on the backdrop of this great war and the mistake here is is that the great romance doesn't quite measure up and that's that's not unfortunate that's just the reality of it i I, I didn't find how many she has for this movie Uh for all three movies uh no natalie portman had 61 costume changes apparently george lucas had it originally they're only gonna have like nine costumes per movie and then George said, no, every time we see her in a different scene, she's got something different on, uh, something different um. on. So.
0: By the way, love this fight between Django and Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. I think it's the first time we see like
2: uh The rocket shot? No,
0: no, like a fist fight oh. in Star Wars.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And a, a Jedi in his prime facing off against... Uh, Mandalorian or presumed Mandalorian in his prime I mean this is the stuff of fanboy dreams uh, mm-hmm. and here it is
1: well and because one has a lightsaber normally we've seen when we see fights it's either two people with lightsabers or two without this is the yeah. first time we see one with a lightsaber one without and we find out that both know how to you know, take care of themselves against the other this is a rather slow fall That
2: yeah
1: <laughs> off the side of the building
2: i love the moment um speaking of this fight there there are a few things about it that are really great but i love the moment where obi-wan is calling for the lightsaber with his uh, hand outstretched
0: mm-hmm. and
2: he gets his arm lassoed and gets yes. pulled along the ground and um And then he separates Django shortly thereafter from his jetpack, And so like, they've both been disarmed. And like you said, now it's a fist fight. Mm
0: -hmm. Like how Jedi always have to use the force to open doors. They can't just push a button. (laughs)
2: Um,
0: I would be the same way. If I could, I would, Um, you know, but okay. So about the Mandalorian, you know, all the, all of Django's, you know, well, first of all, it's kind of funny that we see him bonk his head. I thought that was kind of a, that was kind of a fun little thing. I won't, I won't fault him for that. Uh, but all the, all the things, you know, rebels actually kind of explains it, that a lot of the things that the Mandalorians have all their bells and whistles were to combat the Jedi, right? you know, and to combat what they had. Um, so I think that was, that's kind of an interesting thing. Um,
1: by the way, as we as we see Tatooine with uh, Anakin and Padme out of there, is this a this is the third different ship design we see for Padme? So okay. not only different costumes, different ships. So I will Her say, have...
0: I will say, I think the best piece of acting in this movie is coming up here when Watto realizes that it's Anakin.
1: <laughs>
0: but from a from a digital character that that the facial expressions and the realization that oh my god that's that's anakin at that i just think that is a this is just a wonderful moment
2: Mm -hmm. it really is um i i'll go ahead no no i was gonna say
1: no here's the moment and it's it's rather it's rather interesting because You almost get a sense that, okay, things didn't go as well for water once Anakin left.
0: Well, the other thing is, I mean, speaking as, you know, as as a former teacher, you know, who I will be sitting there and one of my students from, you know, 25 years ago will come up and it's like, you don't recognize them at all until some little mannerism kicks in. You're like, oh my God, it's, that's you, you know? So I, I relate to that, you know, um, cause forever your students are, you know, forever that age that, and either Dave's looking at me with and, and paying attention so closely or he's frozen up again. Uh, so, um, but no, I just, and then of course, Watto then goes into, Oh, you're a Jedi. I want you to do things for me. You know, I've got muscle uh, now, you know?
1: And then when he calls him, when, when Anakin checks him back to, his mom and he's got revealed that he sold her you know he's like oh wait a minute he's big now he could hurt me
0: now there was an interesting thing again it's the how how uh or it's like the alternate endings or how how episode 2 should have happened or something like that i can't remember what the youtube channel is um is that instead of anakin and anakin's mother marrying owen's father that actually owen was a republic fighter um and was a friend of both obi-wan and anakin not related at all and so when they when they leave luke with owen and beru it's you know uncle owen and aunt beru like you know Right, right, like, of, like your like your uncle, your thing. uncle Fredo to you know you know Dave's kids. You know what I mean?
1: Like right, that kind of thing. Right. It would have been put way, I think that would have made far more sense and been far more interesting because not only would have paid off some of the looks and some of the statements from Owen and uh, and Baru in episode four, but also it explains entirely why having spent almost eighteen years raising a kid. That's not yours. Knowing full well everything evil that came out of that kid's dad. Going like nope, only want, I'm not signing up this kid to, to recover
0: a repeat of that. By the way, the seismic charges yep. that came back then in the Mandalorian, that's that was everybody went gaga over those this was yep. this was awesome. Um But no, I mean, you know, Owen could have been, could have seen the, you know, the poor decisions that Anakin made, you know, and that Obi Wan made, that Obi Wan made, and he was like, didn't agree with the Jedi or what, you know, and they have a falling out. It's like, yeah, okay, I'll watch after the kid, but no, I ain't raising him this way, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So,
1: or just simply, okay, I know, raise him, raise him, like, like he could have been along with the plan up until the point that you know, Luke is old enough that. Obi Wan started thinking, okay, I need to start his training. I'm coming for the mm-hmm. kid. And Owen basically tells him, no, get lost. And that would because it creates an interesting dynamic for both Owen and, and, and Peru, but also, you know, because it, it's an understandable situation. If he spent years raising this child and has come to love this child like his own, he's not going to want to just go, here you go, go with this crazy old hermit out in the desert. He's going to teach you. Mysticism and out of fire, and all along the way, is gonna you know put your life in danger.
0: And by the way, do you think it's too? I know we there's that infamous clip of you know George Lucas saying it's like poetry. They all kind of rhyme. You know, mm-hmm. do, do you think it's a bit too on the nose that in this movie, in the second movie of the second trilogy, we get somebody in Boba Fett armor and they're flying through an asteroid field? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Is it yeah. is it is it a little too on the nose, or it didn't bother me at the time? I thought probably thought it was cute. I think just time makes you cynical, and you are like, God, couldn't they have done something different? But... No,
1: because it creates a certain level of uh, danger. Because it's the whole point. I mean, in real life, asteroid fields are way not this densely packed. There, even rings like uh, Saturn's rings are not this densely packed. There's plenty of space between them. But you create a dynamic where you create tension because. Not only is Obi Wan having to dodge, uh, Django, he's also having to dodge the asteroids. So,
0: and by the way, as I sit here and look at this Jedi fighter and being annoyed by the droid that obviously does okay. not fit, I can show you a picture. I took my had my picture taken next to the Jedi starfighter at Star Wars Celebration Two, and I can show you that there is no room for an astromech droid in that stupid thing. Anyway, welcome back, Dave.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it. We um,
0: were talking about how awesome it was to when in The Mandalorian when the seismic charge, you know. Uh,
2: <laughs> that's a nice... That's such a nice little callback. I like... To your point, like, is it... Some of these things, are they on the nose? Yeah, but... You know, it rhymes, you know, but it, it, it does rhyme. And that's one of the reasons we do like Star Wars is because these things keep popping up at unexpected times. And it's a delight when they do, because it's like that. And I guess that's really the trick to it. it is like, are you expecting to see this thing pop up? And unless you're clairvoyant, you're not expecting to see Obi-Wan engage with Django in, in a firefight in the middle of an asteroid field. Um, and so when it happens, you're, you're excited to see it. I think,
0: by the way, when you guys saw this for the first time, did you realize that those things were, um, the trade federation?
2: He said it, but
1: I didn't put two and two together until it started taking off later
0: on. Yeah, that was, Yeah. it was, it was, I remember in, I remember being confused by that from the get go, but you know, whatever. Um, and the, yeah, and this, again, this is where it, I started actually, you know, being cutting between Geonosis and Tatooine a little bit, especially a little bit later when, when Anakin's looking for, uh, the sand people, it, it really kind of there because the, they're, they're so similar in, yeah you know, in the, in the There's scenery. One
2: cut. There's one cut in particular. You and... don't know where you're at for a couple seconds. Yeah. 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 You really don't know where you're at. And they, i'm surprised they didn't catch that and, and try to fix that in some way but um here's c-3po he's back everybody he's, wanted to see him
1: when they finished and he's got to-
0: he's got coverings yep
2: i well, we talked about some of the influences um briefly earlier, um, the Dr. Savago style romance, you know, there's so many like Italian setting uh, romances that you could point to that he was trying to draw from um, during those scenes um, on Naboo. And here this is all the searchers. I mean, <laughs> like down the line, um, it's a, you know the whole the plot the way everything's staged and shot it's just um George here and it, how much of that is successful versus how much isn't and it's all very debatable but I always appreciate the ambition of it which is we're gonna do the searchers in space mm-hmm. you know? and it's going to give our our characters a little more depth, and tragedy, um, so that we're gonna empathize with them more. And I think all of the stuff on Tatooine, um, I'm not sure I would change many frames, if any.
1: I guess, and then maybe this is something that gets explained in a book or a comic book or elsewhere. I think there was a point where they did kind of super explain that the Tuscans didn't just come upon Shmi and take her. Like, they were either hired or told to do so by, I don't know if it was Dooku or somebody else, right?
2: I hadn't that, heard that. Yeah, I don't know if that was EU or, you know. EU, right. Yeah, that's been discounted since. But, yeah, that was that was a story element somewhere.
1: Yeah, because I want to say there was a point where they... Because it's left as a question. Why did the Tusken Raiders, you know attack me who's just coming back with mushrooms by herself you know why did they take her why did they have her tied up in a tent in their in their village it's not like you know it's not like they're gonna eat her she's got any valuable
0: so is this uh shadow do you think they were purposely trying to make it look like vader or is that people just matrixing the shadow cast on the i know you know i know in the theater for episode one the theater uh, poster you know, that that, right. was, that was obvious. I mean, you know, this little yeah. kid becomes Arthur. But here in Attack of the Clones, where you see his, his silhouette, do you think that was... Uh, are we just matrixing, or was that on purpose? Because it does kind of look like a Vader helmet, a little
2: bit. Not, yeah, I don't know if they're going for that effect exactly. But they were definitely... They, they staged it in such a way that those shadows would be cast. So i wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't be surprised either way
0: and i don't know if duel of the fates fits here
2: it doesn't i don't
0: i i I (laughs) I think i think they needed music for anakin going through the desert and i think they just used duel of the fates i i don't i don't it doesn't make a whole lot of sense
2: it ratchets up the intensity of that yeah and that's the that's the wipe. Yes yes are you're, we on you're like uh oh, okay, we're going to the sand people what what's going on here wait is this the sand people what anyway but yeah um but yeah no that's that particular piece of music it like ratchets up the intensity you know like oh, stuff's about to go down right and I think like that's exactly why they did that but that might be a good example of what Fredo was talking about with George just slicing John Williams's score up to ribbons and just inserting pieces of it willy-nilly wherever he saw fit. And um Yeah, going with
1: okay, this bit of music sounds cool.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh I like it, but then it doesn't pay off. You know, like I like, oh, oh, oh snap, he's getting mad. This is gonna be bad. And then you it ends with him talking to Jawas. So like
1: it would have been, been far more interesting if it if it would have been like beginning to hear some of the episode three notes that we hear when Anakin starts falling. Like it would have been like not necessarily the whole piece of something, but sort sort of kind of like hinting at. I, don't know, uh, I guess that would have been I, far more interesting to me.
2: I really like the piece of music when he actually when Shmi dies. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you see the anger yeah, build in that moment. I really yeah, like that. That
0: music's music. really good.
2: It seems here we like we are one sneaking around, spying on people.
0: You know, it seems like we're supposed to be like astonished that <gasps> they're making battle droids, but it's like the Trade Federation already had a Harvard. gazillion battle droids in the last movie. Aww. So,
2: also, we actually need this to happen uh in episode four we heard about the clone wars <laughs> yeah Obi- 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 obi-wan we knew obi-wan and anakin fought in the clone wars and we, yeah. they were a thing and we needed them to happen somehow so all of this is very inevitable for anybody that had watched the first three movies mm-hmm. um but i kind of like um i like dooku as a character um again short shrift because you introduce him too late um and then you have to get rid of him within the first act of episode three um this is the problem with structure with what with with what george has decided to do here and uh, we could have gotten a lot more with dooku and probably he would have been a lot more interesting in character
0: tusken raider dogs mm <laughs>
2: Yeah, we saw them in The Mandalorian. Yeah. That was the cue for me in The Mandalorian. When I saw those dogs, I'm like, oh, Tuscans are coming.
1: But yeah, I think you make a good point regarding Dooku. I mean, because he fits, he fits the role. I mean, it helps you have Christopher Lee. So bonus right. whoever cast him option so, But also, I just think from the standpoint of, the kind of role because he's playing in a much similar nature as Palpatine is doing for the Republic. Dooku is doing the same thing for the Separatists. He's like, "Oh, I'm the face that that's gonna be uh, contrite and genial, and look, I'm I'm just I'm helping you fight for your rights. I'm trying to help you be free."
0: But here's so- my here's my here's my problem with Dooku though, and it's not really my problem with Dooku, uh, except for I don't know. Have you guys listened to the audiobook book? Um, about Dooku it's uh what Jedi lost I think is what it's called I don't know I'll have to it was just released not too long ago and only an audiobook anyway you 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 get the idea of why he became disenchanted with the Jedi Order through that but it is not clear in any of these movies or really in the Clone Wars episodes as to why Dooku left the Jedi and Mm -hmm. I mean even, even the Jedi in this movie say he's a political idealist. He's not evil. You know, it's like... But well, he
1: left on good terms. That's what's interesting. He left on, on terms good enough that they didn't feel like he would be a threat to them.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, again, it's just one of those little nitpicky things where it's like there's... Okay, so why why did somebody go to the dark side? I don't know.
2: You get a little bit more in Master and Apprentice um cool which which is cool but yeah uh that we need to hear that story i think i think that's a story that I lot like of you said you think. get a
0: little bit of it in the audiobook um let me see if i can find out what the name of it is uh oh here's
1: the music here. Yep, this is the music yeah it's book. it's
0: called dooku jedi lost and it's by kevin scott it's just an audiobook um and so it, and it's it is kind of it's, it's cool to listen to because all the voices are acted out, acted out and everything. And actually, um, Asajj Ventress is kind of like a key character at, from this, uh, from the get go. Um,
1: and here comes the massacre of the sand
2: people. This is our first, um, hint about Qui-Gon.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah because you hear Anakin know yep
2: yep, and uh, and Yoda presumably is hearing that in this scene and, and so he is learning about Qui-Gon and learning about the afterlife I,
0: I love that arc in the Clone Wars the last season of the well not the last season but season 6 of the Clone Wars that last arc where Yoda's hearing Qui-Gon's voice and he thinks he's going nuts you know it's it it's just it's i i I, if anybody if there's any arc that you watch of the clone wars that's one to watch because it you know it it speaks to everything in the in the at least in the original trilogy of how force ghosts why we have force ghosts and how you can communicate once you're once you're dead and see there's no shoulders on that astromech right now he can't fit in that starfighter anyway um you're right. Obi Wan's always calling home. He's always getting permission.
2: <laughs> I mean, imagine Obi-
0: Im- imagine imagine if every like, you know I don't know, army personnel. I mean, yeah, there's certain things you gotta you gotta phone in to say, make sure are we cool on this, but there are certain things where it's like, yeah, okay, we're within our rules of engagement. I would think Obi Wan, you know,
1: well- my thing is this: what, what is he trying to do? He's trying to send a signal to, uh, to to them to let them know what he's found. Why can't he just get on the ship and fly away? He's found what he came for. He found the bounty hunter, traced them to the separatists. He's he's trying to file a report instead of, okay, let me let me get the heck up out of here. They think I'm dead. I'm gonna run out of here and then I'll I'll go let them know.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he thought. Uh it's it is kind of tricky because like on the one hand you'd think like he's hopelessly outmatched. I think Dooku actually says that literally in a few a few okay. minutes later. But uh, like he's also just, I don't know. like maybe he thinks, hey, I could get more Intel. I'm, I'm in I'm implanted at this point. I can find out more. Um, I, I can I can help us get the jump on them. Those kinds of things, but yeah, you know, he could have he could have bailed completely.
0: So I'm gonna I'm gonna steal from uh, Robot Chicken, and now we can say that he's Little Orphan Annie. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this scene in the garage is great. <laughs> it is it's great. The music. you Listen to the music. You got the Emperor's theme playing. Behind him as he gets more and more mad, um, you know, milk. again, this is where I, I believe this guy becomes Darth Vader and it has nothing to do with Padme.
2: Right.
1: Again, it's and it's interesting because if you look at the through line from episode one, when he's talking about not wanting thing, things to change and here in this scene where he's talking about how he can fix everything except people.
0: Now, imagine if you will. Again, going back to my previous argument, imagine if you will at this point where he says, "I killed, the, I slaughtered them all. I slaughtered them like animals, and not just the men, but the women and the children." And Padme says, "You are an evil piece of crap. You stay away from me. I'm leaving this planet. I'm out. Don't talk to me ever again." Then you have an Anakin who, you know, that 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 guy who's you know was you know unstable to begin with and now he's a uh, lover scorned you know i i think that would have been far more interesting in episode three yeah yeah
1: well yeah like i said i think i think you're right but i also think the that, that was cast because george wanted to tell the story he's telling us which is star-crossed lovers and but yeah but to, but kind of going back to uh dave's idea about you know episode one telling us the way Anakin is is he's he's already on the path that says I don't I want to have the power to keep things the way I want them to be he's voiced in episode one he's telling you right here in episode two and I, he's gonna continue in episode three
0: I will say sorry take on tangent here because he says I hate them and then we get Darth Vader's theme mm-hmm. full the full bore and I disagree with it being full bore at that point because he hasn't become Darth Vader yet. There is still a lot of good in Anakin. I think they should have, I, I I think using that to me signals that the character has changed, like permanently changed to Darth to have like that full statement of Vader's theme. Really? I disagree with it a little bit. I think it could have been, it could have been implied a little bit more um well
1: here's the thing it works if you don't add that little moment at the end where he says i'm a jedi i know i'm supposed to be better than
2: this
0: well i think again i I
2: think, I think we're picking nits because that scene is brilliant um and i just i love it oh, i agree
0: i agree it's nitpicky i, yeah. I agree it's very nitpicky yeah. but i think i think if it was a little bit more subtle if you would have just taken like the first half of it just boom Bum 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 ba-dum. and that's it. Let it fade into something so that it's there and then it fades away. Not the complete statement of the of the theme, which I think I think they do. <coughs> now, what if when Ray is burying her lightsaber on at the end of Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> she sees the bones of Shmi? <laughs> oh, sorry, you're gonna have to McClunky clunky that out.
1: Well, okay. Quick question, because eight uh, about twenty years away from this, and actually no more like twenty three years from this. Uh, Owen and Baru are on screen right now. Also, die here. Did Luke bury them there? I'm guessing he did, right?
0: I don't, like I don't know even know if he buried them. Uh, <laughs> I think I, mean, I think he up got up the, the heck out of there.
1: <laughs> did he just leave them there outside by the front door? That that'd be cold. I'm, I'm A lot is burned. I guess is there like a family like burial plot on the back?
2: Yeah,
0: but uh, okay, Fredo. If if you <laughs> imagine if he, he he just went home and realized that his surrogate parents were just murdered, I don't think he's probably going to. And you know, I don't think he's probably going to hang around. Probably going to get the. I, I I don't know. I would I I'd probably get the heck out of there too.
1: True, true. I guess I'm just saying, like, I find it surprising.
0: I'm sorry, Obi-Wan's got killer hair in this movie, I just have to say. The the, mullet is epic. The mullet is epic.
1: Although, I always laugh because uh, in Latin Latin households, you know, some people put in his picture as a a standing for Jesus. Jesus, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, wait for the abuelas to, to notice, and none of them do. And I think the reason he doesn't get on the ship and fly away so we get this moment
0: when he gets captured. You know, the holograms interacting with people always bother me in star Wars. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it just, it doesn't bother me. It's just, it's, it's awkward because it's like, okay, I'm now I'm going to turn and talk to Dave. Now I'm going to turn and talk to Fredo. You know, it's, where are the cameras? But oh well. Um, but yeah, Padme's changed clothes again, so that's why that's why she had the suitcase. Nobody else had the suitcase. Um, see, in here I, she's she's. We've talked about it before that really, episode three, they they ruined her character because here she's, you know, I don't care what you're gonna do, I'm gonna go after Obi Wan. You know, I'm, you know, I'm you going to, with me. yeah, I, you know, so she's showing her independence. She's showing her strength, you know, and, um, I don't know. I wish we would have gotten more of that in episode three. Guys, just wait till we do the watch of episode three. I'm just going to be drinking whiskey oh. the whole time. And it's like,
2: <laughs> well, I do think, um, episode three's greatest sin again for me is that it um kind of drops the ball whereas episode two is concerned and um that was unavoidable um and so that becomes episode one's greatest sin because episode one doesn't get us as far as we need to get um to your point earlier, Freda, you're not getting to establish these relationships and these characters um, until here, and, and then that just limits everything that you're trying to do.
1: Yeah, like for example, like right now we just got Masamida and Palpatine, basically set Jar Jar to be their flunky to mm-hmm. give them the to introduce the amendment. that's gonna give him. The extraordinary powers to create the army and everything. It's gonna lead them towards a dictatorship. Uh but I don't think they you know, I think that's the most Massamita ever says.
0: And here we've got Count Dooku telling Obi-Wan everything.
1: Monologuing?
0: No, not one thing, not one thing does he say here is untrue.
1: No, no, exactly. Right.
0: You know, These he tries good- to manipulate him a little bit with the Qui-Gon stuff, but he's like, you know. The, the republic's being controlled by a dark lord of the sith and you know we're going to do this and we're going to do that and you know it's like I, he that's why that's why when you know when people say you know it's like we're we're talking about what's going to happen in you know this movie or that movie and when you hear like i've heard it on star star wars underworld before they said you know bad guys in star wars tell the truth <laughs> it's like you know it's tough to argue because here it is it's like he's just he gave away he gave his whole hand away you know except for who the dark lord of the sith is but
2: yeah it's it's really sort of mind bending mm-hmm. even and especially on first watch we were watching all of this unfold and you're like no he's right and and so everything that he's telling you is right but the seduction is wrong. It's like come and join me and be a part of the dark side. And so, as a viewer, you're really disarmed, and and, and that makes this scene really effective for me because I'm like, wow, like you know, I was kind of into this whole thing, and then I wasn't, you know. Um, it, I kind of it's kind of like, um, you know, the movie Fight Club, where. Mm um you watch that movie Hey, oh, whoa, 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 movie.
0: Whoa, wait a minute first rule of fight club
2: yeah well okay
0: you don't talk about fight club
2: all right i won't talk about the actual fight <laughs> um so like you know on first viewing you're like oh wow this is sort of crazy and interesting and kind of cool that these guys are finding an outlet for themselves this is neat and then you come to find out the man's crazy and then, and then you go back and you watch it again, and you're like, "Oh my God, so much of this is corrosive, and awful, and you don't really see it on first glance." And that's kind of like what that sequence is for me with with Dooku. It's like, yeah, it's very seductive.
0: He's
1: using the truth to tell lies, but yeah, would mean he he is revealing their plan, knowing full well that Obi Wan's predisposed to not believe him but also well let you know, me
0: and... let me let me take you into the future about what 23 years when obi-wan is telling lies to manipulate luke i mean he's kind of He's using that whole from a certain point of view that's why let's talk you know it's like when we we're talking about falcon and the winter soldier it's like one person's terrorist is another person's liberator it's like obi-wan lies about as much as anyone in episode four, you know, it, he's, yeah, you know, he's not truthful at all.
2: No. And, and Luke does the same thing with Rey in Last Jedi. Yeah. He doesn't tell her the whole truth about what happened with Ben. And um, she discovers more of the truth and it ultimately drives a wedge between them.
1: And I think that goes to to kind of a selling point regarding how being honest is vital in a master and apprentice relationship. You know, whether it's uh, Qui Gon and Obi Wan, or Obi Wan and Anakin, or you know, uh, you know Yoda and Luke. It's the secrets that kind of eat away at the trust that's built between them. Which is weird, because I think the most honest uh, Master-Apprentice relationship we get in
2: all of Star Wars is Anakin and Ahsoka. Mm.
0: Mm, probably.
2: You know that sequence with Jar Jar? And, mm. you know, the Pawn <laughs> sequence where he yeah. gives the powers. To... What did you think? I, I, I liked I, it, but, I, you know, I didn't need it either.
0: You know what I think would have been more effective is if they could have figured out a way to convince Bale or Ghana to be the one who said, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, we've gotta it's kinda of like I voted for the war I voted against the war after I voted for it, you know, type of mm-hmm. argument, you know, where it's you know, to make him kind of a, you know, I've gotta I've gotta right the wrong that I did, you know. <laughs> I think that would have been kinda of a little bit more interesting. Uh, way to do it. I think the Jar Jar thing was convenient, but it only made people, you know, come up with the Darth Jar Jar um, argument. So no, I, I really didn't. I didn't really didn't like it. And the thing I really don't like is this next sequence that's coming up here. This whole droid factory sequence. I, I feels like a Disney ride. this, this is where you go to. This is where you go to the bathroom, everybody. I mean, un, until they until they are captured, this is when you can go to the snack bar. And, you know, go get your popcorn and your hot dog and whatever, because you ain't missing much on this, except for just, it's, I'm sorry, I just don't like it. It's just bad. And when R2 flew, I was actually, I I think I may have groaned.
2: Well, it, it, it calls to, you know, it calls to mind a lot of questions, like, why didn't he fly in any of the other movies? And, you know, I know they're. Well, maybe his thrusters got uh, damaged or something, but uh, I this doesn't bother me. None of this bothers me. I love any excuse to see the Geonosians. They're fascinating to me. I love their culture. I love seeing more of them um, in the extended universe and you see Clone Wars and some of the books and stuff. It's just um, I love them because there's... So imaginatively conceived to me, and um, you know this stuff. I think this stuff's meant to be foreshadowing, and uh, you know, yeah, they take a, they take a while to get there, but this is the moment where Anakin has his hand pressed to the ground, and in that moment, you're like, he's gonna lose his hand. He's gonna lose his hand. And again, it's foreshadowing for later, but it's just—I don't know—I—I I, I think it's fairly effective in what it tries to do, which is like show that they're in over their heads, uh, give us foreshadowing for the kind of danger they're really in, because Anakin is going to lose his arm. Spoiler alert.
0: Okay, so maybe maybe I need to maybe I need to edit my previous statement and. All the sequencing with R two and three PO, I can do without. You know what? I get I get your point with Anakin and Padme. I get that point, but all of this right here, you know, all this gobbledygook. Sorry.
1: I was gonna say, I get a vibe out of this very much like uh, when in Episode Four, when they're you know caught inside um, the Death Star, they're trying to find a way out, and they're stuck in the trash compactor and you know they know the stakes are getting amped up because they get trapped in one spot they get out of it they end up in a worse spot and then they get out of that spot and all of a sudden they're surrounded that kind of thing uh so yeah you know the stuff with r2 and 3po is kind of take it or leave it but i think they're trying to harken back to that and it just eh, you know at least it's it's different because it's not just a fight or a chase Right. And there's not many uh, non fight, non chase action sequences in Star Wars.
2: I know some people are right there with you on the C-3- C3PO stuff here, Aaron. I mean, I. Heaven <laughs> help me. I, some of this stuff I chuckle at a little bit with the head and the, you know, I was like, oh gosh. Um, I don't find it much more offensive if at all more offensive than some of the goofy, silly gaggy humor that we get in some of the other movies. Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Um,
0: Well, now I think Return of the Jedi Jedi is when, yeah. When three PO start I I, I think they, they start pushing it a little bit too far. I mean, you know, empire and, and a new hope. I don't think you get any of this. Like, I, I, I don't know. It, this, this just seems, uh, yeah, it was just, I don't know. No,
1: what's interesting to me, maybe, is just simply, this would have been an oppor- another opportunity to show kind of Anakin kind of letting go towards the dark side, so to speak, kind of like we mm-hmm. see him in Clone Wars and in Episode 3, that when stuff gets pressed against him and he needs to kind of uh, let loose, so to speak, he's quick to do so, and here he's not. He always feels like he's still very much being good good Jedi Padawan Anakin
2: Skywalker see this is to me this is episode one stuff right here I mean like he's in over his head you know Mm -hmm. he's still just the Padawan he's still not you know self-actualized uh he's he's the version of Luke that we get in episode four here um it like wants to get into adventures and save the day but he's incapable of really doing it yet um Cause like here you just constantly see him in over his head and not having a lot of success. Um, and yeah, I, 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 whether you saw him go dark here or whether you saw him be, um, competent, Mm -hmm. you know, the Jedi that were, we've been promised. uh, I think either of those choices might've been more successful than the guy who lost his lightsaber again. Yep, because
1: there goes the bottom hill for the lightsaber.
0: Oh, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan's going to kill me. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's going to have to go back to Galaxy Central and get me a new
2: one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that I'm, I'm not going to rule out that those sorts of product placements aren't going to eventually start to happen here. It's like, well, I need to go to Doc Condors. So you know, it's uh,
0: you know, it's really interesting. So the Bad Batch is actually getting into this because you know the the big you know arc or the the episode this week, you know, they're talking to, starting the conversation of getting rid of clones and using you know enlisted people. It's going to be far cheaper and everything like that. You know, it's like the things that the Trade Federation had. Yeah, the battle droids were not all that effective, but the Droidicas a mm-hmm. hugely effective you know some of the that technology that they just cast to the way you know um yeah the, droid,
1: and, the, the droidicas were from their first appearance in episode one
0: uh, quite were effective quite formidable you know even the super battle droids you know were you know i mean yeah i mean they're still getting sliced down by by jedi but um it's just kind of interesting how they how they just kind of cast all that instead of integrating it into their arsenal. It was just, nope, shut down all the droids.
1: Mm -hmm. We don't, we don't need them. I heard somebody say that there was an order 99 or something like that, where it would have been the droids turning on everybody. I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm busy staring right now as they make their final
2: proclamations of love.
0: All right. So we get uh,
2: across the stars here. mm -hmm. And it's not; it's nice. And then this, the arena, and it's awe-inspiring.
0: Mm-hmm. My, my, however, my favorite line is coming up here, where you know we came here to rescue you. Good job. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a classic Obi Wan line as well. Oh, by the way, all right. So you and McGregor on Jimmy Kimmel said on may the 4th he filmed a scene with somebody very special for the obi-wan series that he hasn't he he said he hasn't been on screen with before
2: now i didn't hear the last half of that quote i i when he said someone very special I, i thought he was talking about hayden
0: no, he said he said because Jimmy Kimmel asked, you know, uh he said anybody you've been on screen with before? He goes, "No, I don't think so." Um now I kind of wondered if it's Yoda because he hasn't really ever been on screen with Yoda. The uh, and he was with a puppet in in episode 1. He was Oh, floating chair. That's all CG, so he wasn't technically you know how you can you know it's from a certain point of view. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, it'd be interesting who because he you know asked he made a point in on May the fourth. So I think I wonder I just wonder who he who he uh, filmed the scene with. Um,
1: the one that comes that makes the most sense is uh, Jimmy Smith's Bill Organa.
0: Yeah, uh, his babe he was with That's him, right. and they
1: did film that Episode Three. Never mind. So yeah, it's it's like wait a minute who who could you have uh, acted with? that you've not acted with before that uh that's special mm.
0: and uh okay and so and coming up here soon it's you know i i've been i've been married to a a uh, liberal feminist for you know for my you know for 25 years and i'm like there is no reason why padme shirt needs to get ripped from <laughs> mid chest down <laughs> it's like,
2: come on now. Hey, you know, I'll be honest. It's like
0: somebody. I'm sorry. It's like somebody trying to tell me one time that, you know, volleyball teams that the girls wear those shorts because they're they're compression shorts. And I asked an athletic trainer one time. I said, "Is that true?" And he's like, "Not in the least bit." You know, it was it was a bunch of guys sitting around a boardroom sometimes saying, "Yeah, that's what volleyball shorts should look like." Anyway, so Dave, go ahead.
2: That was the um. For me my my theater experience that was the only unintended laughter moment in the in the theater was uh when that happened when
0: when her shirt gets ripped off Yeah
2: some one of my friends just started busting out laughing cuz it was so obvious <laughs> so obvious a thing um sidebar which of the critters here do you like the best I always like the praying mantis See I didn't
0: I didn't like the Acleye. The Acleye bothered me maybe because it looks like a big bug. Um the tiger? Yeah, that's the that's the Nexu. Um you know, the Reek is the uh the unicorn looking or the unicorn, the well, he is a unicorn. Um the rhinoceros looking dude. Um, yeah, the only reason I don't like the Acleye is cuz it looks like a big bug. It's just creeping me out. Looks like something that would you know fly in about you know midsummer in New Orleans. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I will say that I when when they kill the reek, I feel bad. You know, when Django kills him later, um, the Nexu. I kind of like the Nexu. He just looks cuddly. Um, but but you know this also. Okay, so as. This is also harkening back to all those, you know, sci-fi, you know, serials on TV when the alien was a close-up of a big bug. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's, I mean, that's what they're doing here. Even, even the the title of this movie, "Attack of the Clones." You know, Lucas was always talking about that. You know, that one of that serial, that Saturday morning serial type of thing. That's exactly what. That's exactly what this you know title should have been um but yeah i mean this one it is it's just let's take you know a bug and zoom in on it and you know that's our alien for the for the episode
2: well, there's so many influences too you know um
0: gladiator you know yeah
2: Jason and Argonauts and and... what were you saying
1: movies about gladiators
2: Ah oh, well,
1: <laughs> Sorry, I had to go with the airplane reference. Have you ever
0: seen a grown man naked? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, um,
2: Ben Hur. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of influences, you know, in this. Um, now, however, the this is an awesome moment mace windu walking down the hall that was and you know the lightsaber to the neck of Django, and he says this party's over that was like the bad MFR moment of that was the mace windu i wanted to see
1: well mm-hmm. one thing i never, never realized they never give the names of most of the jedi council in the prequels like Blokun and Ki-Adi-Mundi and Kid Fisto, their names are never actually said in the movie. Most
0: Star Wars characters, their names—you don't learn their names till you buy their action figure.
1: <laughs> this is true, but I just found it interesting. I was watching some uh, uh, somebody's video on YouTube and they're discussing it, uh, something into Star Wars and like, and it was interesting. And they mentioned, yeah, you know, when Palpatine kills this character, who by the way, that you know, it's Kid Fisto because you've seen Clone Wars and and uh you bought the action figure but no it's uh his name's never said in the movie and he's like you know you're right
0: so okay we just saw we just saw mace windu you know fall off a ledge and go falling down slows his roll until he lands safely down on the ground so why can't uh, yeah he had his arm chopped off why couldn't he still use the force to slow his fall out of palpatine's office so can mace windu still be alive that's why I still like the idea that he then goes to the Jedi temple and takes Grogu and splits and does then a Nick Fury and goes and, you know, fakes he's faked his own death, you know, type of a thing.
2: Yeah, we still don't know who saved Grogu. I don't, yeah. I don't know. We may find out. Yeah. I did, always, I did laugh when we were
1: discussing um, uh, earlier today in, the, in our group chat about how it would have been interesting if if Anakin had picked up after slicing off Mace's arm, picked them up and just chucked them.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean that was about- that was my thing, and we're not talking about Episode Three right now. But you know, that was um, that was my thing. I would have liked it instead of oh, what have I done? Just you know, I'm tired of your crap, and here chop off your arm, and I'm gonna I'll chuck you out the window. Not and not the Emperor, you know. Um, but oh well. Yeah. Somebody, there was a YouTube uh, channel I saw the other day. Somebody slowed this whole battle down, and Geonosis slowed it down to like twenty-five percent, so he could see all what's all going on in the background, <laughs> all the other Jedi, like, uh-huh. and their moves and stuff like that. It's it's actually really kind of cool. I mean, usually you know, background is kind of you know just kind of fuzzy and you forget about it, but there's a lot of cool stuff going on there. So.
1: Now, silly question. Why is Django Fett picking up? Like, he sees uh, Mace running for his life and decides to jetpack down there into the middle of the battle to uh, finish him off. Why?
0: Ego, probably.
1: Yeah, because it's injured. Because he doesn't do it for any other Jedi, but he does it specifically for Mace. I guess, does he figure, okay, he's the guy, he's the number one guy, we're going to take him out? Because, you know, there goes his head Inside the helmet. And you
0: see the shadow. Did you, have you guys notice that? The shadow, mm-hmm. like his head goes one way and his helmet goes the other.
1: And what's with Mace's look down there? Like, did he not know that was a dude he just decapitated? Did he thought he was think it was a droid of some kind? Well, you know, there's
0: actually, I always see a little bit of evilness in that, in, in his look. And there's always been kind of a talk that Mace is not all on the up and up. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I do like the die Jedi dogs, you know, from, (laughs) uh, from C3PO. I do like that. I will say.
2: I, you know, I think with, uh, Django coming after Mace, I think it is just personal. Like he held a lightsaber to his neck. He just took that personally. and was like, okay, I'm going to come kill you now.
1: I see a chance for me to take you out. So I'm taking you out, but you know, it's interesting. Just, uh, you know, oh, okay. Here, there's a little moment where he goes, you know, you know, aggressive negotiations when Batman and Anakin have, an, it's the only moment you see a little bit of light banter between them that actually kind of sort of feels like a class. Where they,
0: where they seem like they're flir- it's flirtatious. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Like
1: they're really into one another. And I'm surprised they don't have enough of those moments because, again, it's, you're trying to build the idea that these people are actually actively falling in love with one another. But yet, half of the time they're moping and the other time they're arguing, so... Anyway. Uh, no, it's a,
0: uh, They really make R2 into a uh, Swiss Army knife ever since Return of the Jedi, haven't they?
1: He <laughs> so can do it all.
0: The only thing he could do in the first two movies is like plug into a socket and you know, download information. But ever since Return of the <laughs> Jedi, he's, you know, got a toothpick and a scissors and a nail file and
2: so this is where again i'll i'll talk about um good ideas this is this is all a good idea <laughs> this is a very good idea and i i like if you had told me again i came out of the theater what do you mean what do you mean
0: this for those the arena
2: not battle in general the jedi like in their prime out in the middle of a freaking uh coliseum battling the hordes of enemies um you know their lives at stake which again um it's like it's essentially this fantabulous gladiator jubilee and so you morph that into what's coming next which is basically the greatest land battle in the history of the star wars universe up to this point right and then After that, we're going to give you Yoda and his prime wrecking shop in a lightsaber duel to end all lightsaber duels. I mean, sign me up. (laughs) I told you you this.
1: Yeah, Yeah.
2: Yeah. If I had been spoiled on all of these details prior to the film coming out, I would have been like, sign me up. And again, when I came out of the theater, I was pretty happy with what I had seen. Um, and it's for moments like this. This stuff is just cool. And it's, I
1: mean, I always did like that shot when everybody just looks up and there's all the, the the army of the Republic just coming down to rescue them. It just it's really well done. And uh, like I said, it, at that moment you're like, okay, now we're into you know it's it's gone from this battle. Now it's taking the next step. So it's going to be much bigger. uh...
0: Now I will say, I I don't think it's, it's not much hyperbole to say that the animation that is used from here on out for the clones and that battle you're talking about, Dave, is very similar to the animation that we're seeing um, in the last season of the Clone Wars and in the Bad Batch, especially Mm -hmm. the Bad Batch. I mean, it is like, that's what I said. It's like, man, this animation is beautiful and it looks exactly like episode two you know so and so I guess that speaks to how it does look cool, but it looks like I'm in a video game from here on out, you know what i mm-hmm. mean that that is my critique of it because the, like we said before, the technology was there, but it wasn't quite there you know Perfect. um so that it i just you know we we're talking we're, talk, we're like, actually we're talking Brittany and I were talking about this last night we're watching Black Panther it's like the end of black panther that battle between killmonger and black panther down in the train tracks from there on i feel like i'm in a video game right you know it's like i know why they had to do the animation but it's like you know they just it just didn't quite sell me
2: here we go death star yeah cameo um that got me super excited. I don't know if you guys noticed it before they started talking about it and drawing attention to it, but it's off to the left there. Yeah. yeah, In the corner of the screen, you're like, Oh my gosh. That's
0: just in the back there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But, um, you know, it's all of this, all of this, I think like that so many of these ideas are, are genius level to me. It's like, when you talk about either the conception of what they're trying to achieve uh, on the surface level, um, the subtext, um, some of the, just the, just the genesis of just some of the shots and, and like what, what we're trying to achieve here. It's just, it's all execution. Like anybody that wants to like flame on, anything that happens in the last third of this movie it's just like well i didn't like the execution of it i didn't it's too video gamey or it's too however
0: very... the camera work is awesome i love that they just had a zoom mm-hmm. like into another they... another gunship um it all looks like like the good you know it looks like good battle footage if that sounds horrible but you know it's oh, like that's what
1: i was gonna say did you ever see there used to be this youtube channel called the great war that would Told in real time the story of World War One, but they used a lot of the footage that was taken and has been preserved in French national archives, and a lot of it looks similar. You know, you know, because again, it's it's battle footage at a time when recording a battle was not a common occurrence. So therefore, you didn't know that you had to that you weren't supposed to zoom into something that you didn't know. You know, it's it's, it's also- you know so they're he's borrowing a lot of that language for this
0: you know the other thing that's kind of cool is like this and the clone wars uh you know series does it as well but it's like you actually see them use rockets it's not just lasers mm-hmm. that's that's just that's just odd to me you know and it that's yeah, a change it, and it yeah it's a big change and it, it may it gave you a much more real world feel you know um so i think it Yeah, I love it—the ultimate weapon—and then just right.
1: But is it is it mandatory that they always show you the the exhaust shaft?
0: (laughs) Aim here, aim here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's only it's only raised two meters. Nobody can hit that.
2: And again, the visual language—you can kind of understand what's going on um
1: yeah there's an interesting shot that comes up where it's like a dust storm and the clone troopers are marching advancing into it just shooting blindly and you're like okay that's unique and different we haven't seen that in star wars
2: yeah
0: well this is the first time we really see a war
1: an actual war since episode six
0: i mean you have a pretty good space battle yeah in return of the jedi well i guess i guess Empire Strikes Back, the Battle of Hoth. I mean, that's, right. you know, but that th- this is that on a bunch of steroids.
1: Mm. By the way, it's also interesting because th- this is something that gets touched upon in the Clone Wars. The fact that the Jedi take command over the Grand Army.
0: Yeah. Well, the
1: fact that, that they're warrior monks hired. How was that? Qui-Gon said, um, you know, we're keepers of the peace. Actually, it was mace that says so that we keep us at peace—we're
0: not soldiers. Well, I th- you know, but I think you know, I think Mason and, and uh, Yoda don't they have a kind of a discussion? It's like, all right, if there's if there's basically, I mean, what I get out of it, it's like if there's going to be this army, then we're going to make sure that we're in the thick of it, you know, right. so it doesn't go bad. But of course, that's <laughs> Palpatine's plan from the get-go. Right. Um, this is their shot. You're talking about Fredo, where they're right. firing in the dust. You know,
1: when, when both armies are in the middle of the dust storm formed by the crashing star
0: destroyer starship so yeah
2: and there's, a, there's a logic to that because the the starship gets taken down crashes into the ground then this dust storm gets created and then you see the aftermath
1: and by the way okay i love this line you know padman says you're gonna need help and obi-wan not anakin says obi-wan goes there isn't time Anakin and I can handle this.
0: Yeah, he's had to you call know, like, home every other time, but no, he'll...
1: <laughs> like wait, wait way to be, uh, you know, um, you know, impulsive about this.
0: And how did Padme survive that fall?
1: I, I always thought that they went back, that they had to go back and add the, the you know, that she didn't just get up, at, you know, at the blue, like she did in the original cut. But she I... Had to go, like, yeah i'm okay
0: though i do like this interaction between anakin and obi-wan where this is i mean yeah you know do your job you know don't let your personal feelings you know get in the way um i mean this is the most honesty that you've had between the two of them in this entire movie
1: this is be a jedi you're gonna be a jedi you're not gonna be a jedi but you got to choose now
0: And, and Yoda senses it all. That's, that's the awesome shot right there.
1: Bring my ship.
0: (laughs) So the interesting thing is, of course, you know, we haven't talked about this. The clones, you know, have, um, you know, they, they say that they're completely obedient. They don't talk about having an inhibitor chip Uh in them, you know, as of, at this point, um, but but they are completely obedient. That's going to be a, a topic of discussion in our next episode. Is you know, um, about we're going to actually be talking with a friend of ours who was was a soldier in the Marine Corps, and you know the whole line from, you know from the Bad Batch of good soldiers follow orders, and what all and and also the assimilation of the soldier into a normal life quote unquote normal life after the battle is done. So we're going to be talking about all those sorts of things because I mean, three of us, uh, I guess I'm assuming neither one of you, I haven't asked you specifically, but neither one of you has any military experience. No, No, I don't, I don't either. So I don't even want to pretend to talk about what it's like. So that's why we're having a friend of ours come on. Um, Okay. So we're at a lightsaber duel. I, I think this was the first time that they actually used a glowy lightsaber to get the lighting effects is what I've heard. And this mm-hmm. I, I like how this is all kind of in the dark. Kind of reminds me of Empire. I mean, they all kind of rhyme, you know. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> By the way,
1: a quick question. Um, Count Dooku says, as you can see, my Jedi powers have far exceeded yours. He doesn't tell me he's a Sith Lord. He says, even though he just shot Force Lightning to, you know, shock and drop uh, Anakin, uh, which is clearly not a Jedi power. But that said, the idea of he still, even though he was so honest up front, he's still not revealing that he's a Sith Lord to uh, Obi Wan.
0: Yeah, so he's got a red lightsaber, but yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's like dude, like all the, all the language is saying Sith Lord, Sith Lord, Sith Lord, but he's not willing to admit that bit of the news, even though he's willing to tell that there's one out there.
0: That, that
2: special effect with the jump always kind of bugging. Yeah. Man. Okay. So this is my, this is like has so much potential and it's over in five seconds. Oh, the yeah. two
0: lightsabers versus Anakin yeah. wielding two lightsabers and he loses it. And yeah, right there.
2: Yep. <laughs> and like you, when you talk to the, the, like the stunt guys, we, re, you see interviews with the stunt guys and they're like, how did you solve, uh, this fight well you, you you get rid of one of the lightsabers super quickly <laughs> that's how that's how you solve the difficulty involved in, in choreographing it and it, that was the same answer for grievous with four sabers versus mm-hmm. uh Take with, one, with one yeah well get rid of the other sabers <laughs>
1: um there you go. There and that's
0: you go. an interesting look from Dooku right there, where he looks sorrowful.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and or tired.
0: Regret. He looks like re- he's regretting. But then, of course, here comes Yoda, and this—I, uh, I don't care what anybody says. I love, I love the, I love this scene, especially when he gets his lightsaber and he doesn't just take it off of his belt. He uses the Force to pull the saber into his hand but first they start off with what they've said is kind of the battle of wizards you know this is like Voldemort and you know dumbledore going back and forth lucy agrees
2: yeah i mean like this was really heady stuff at the time um I think, like, for for most Star Wars fans, it, it connected and it worked. And it was the kind of thing, like... I'm not sure that we all thought coming into the trilogy, the new trilogy, that we were going to get anything like Yoda doing something like this. Mm-hmm. Catch, um, catches force
0: sure. lightning and throws it back, yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure we were... Anybody was necessarily clamoring for this specifically, but it was such... A treat because i guess because we weren't expecting it well
0: it's I, I, it's very much like you know seeing boba fett in the mandalorian in that episode where he just you know all of the bells and whistles come out it's what everybody had been wanting to see from boba fett they didn't know they wanted it, but they they wanted to see it yoda fighting was everybody knew he was probably the most powerful jedi and i remember seeing a bit of this scene at celebration 2 and the place just going nuts Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the opening night This is the thing that said like Oh we gotta go see that again Yeah most of stuff, Okay you kind of make a correlation To something you've seen in a previous movie This you haven't seen before And you're like I wanna see that again Cause it's over quick
0: And that's, it is that's... kinda like It is kinda like Kermit the Frog In Muppet Treasure yeah. Island Not gonna lie um, But uh, You know okay. of course he drops He drops the line that you know he was Yoda's Padawan uh, or Yoda drops the line that he was, you know, that Dooku was his Padawan. Um,
1: Can I just say, I like this duel more than I like the duel against Sidious for Yoda.
0: I agree. I agree.
1: This feels far more, I don't know if it's because it's personal in regards to the relationship or if it's just simply because it's the first time, but I don't know, some weird way this feels a lot more like your classic Star Wars duel, you know, like, Luke versus Vader, that kind of thing. Versus when it's Sidious versus Yoda, it almost it's supposed to have gravitas, but it doesn't really connect as well. And I don't know if it's just because Christopher Lee is a classically trained actor who's you know fenced and duelled in various movies, and Ian McDiarmid had no time for any of that stuff.
0: And of course, uh, then so we we Taylor, get we, then we then we get the bookend of you know. Yoda using the force to summon his cane and hobbling off after all of that. That's why, you know, when he, when he says an empire, you know, that, you know, the, the force gives you all these things, you know, that's what you're seeing here is that you have this geriatric old Jedi who uses a cane, but with the will of the force can leap around and, and, you know, go whomping and a whooping. Um,
1: I would say I, I loved the design of the of Dooku solar sailor. It was so unique and different from every other ship.
2: You know? I found it kind of odd uh, that we didn't see C- Sidious until here. The very, very, very end of the movie. Whereas he was more of an overt presence in the Phantom Menace, ironically.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but I, you know, it makes sense within the context of the story because we don't even meet Dooku until th- way. the way in.
1: Yeah, but it goes. But it also goes to your point there earlier regarding, you know, how much of this movie resets everything back up, resets the table, so to speak, because Episode One has not, has only tangential connections. You know, has long term connections, but nothing immediate. So because we'd seen so much of Sidious in episode one, I guess, they'd get away with it here. As if, again, as if you didn't know that Count Dooku is a lord, and you get, well, I guess, the one reveal you get is that he's Tyrannus, the guy who hired Django Fett.
0: Yeah, I guess that is, this is the reveal of that, isn't it? I guess I, maybe I just, maybe I put two and two together earlier. That didn't seem to be mm-hmm. a a big reveal at this point.
2: Right, because he's been hanging out with him the whole last yeah. half of the movie, you know. Was, anyway.
0: Now what's interesting here is that, you know, the the scenery in the background right now, everything is cloudy, everything is hazy, everything's red dark. Whereas everything else, you know, when we've seen Coruscant has been bright blue and, you know, clear, really. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah it's it's the fall of night it, it's dusk falling so the, sh-
0: the, the shroud of the dark ends. side yeah yeah
2: i think this is my favorite ending mm-hmm. of any of the star wars films because it just is so tragic it's the the just we know that everybody here is doomed and they don't
1: let's sing the doom song
0: so yeah, so, okay. Cause I, I, I will agree with you. And so again, let's go back to what we were talking about earlier. If it wasn't Jar Jar that, you know, gave the chancellor the power to create the army, but if it was Bail Organa and here, when you see Bail Organa next to Palpatine and Organa, you know, kind of bangs his fist on the ledge. I mean, again, that would have been like, I, I think it would have been a much more compelling story. You know, then that explains why, and, you know, he, I don't know. He right, because
1: there's, there's no, I mean, I was going to say penance or payback for Jarja, but then, nothing happens to Jarja after this. The last time we see him is when he's following uh, the procession, the yeah. funeral procession, That's it, so even from a standpoint of what happens to Jar, the movies tell you nothing about this
0: the music at, at the ending here is great too dave i mean not yeah. only do you get the you know imperial march but you, i mean just there's other things going on the, the fanfares um and of course going to across the stars you know for the wedding which,
1: yeah which even even in abu it's like the sun is setting as well it's interesting you know they don't they're not doing this in the middle of the day it's uh yeah, everybody's coming together, but it's all. And
0: R2D2 everything. has seen everything.
1: <laughs>
0: He's literally seen everything in this saga.
2: You could write the whole book. This is like the worst possible thing they could be doing, right? And they're doing it. And you know that. And they're basically dooming the galaxy right here. And it's like, but yet it's presented as them, you know. Doing, living in
1: the moment like, the yeah
2: moment. this it's this beautiful thing but it's like uh, yeah yeah but now he's going to become Darth Vader so yeah. yeah
0: the i mean so attack of the clones like i said i know what i've said before where you know all the star wars movies are like my children but episode 2 needs to go back to college and episode 3 needs to get a job um the more i i i can watch episode two and not get as upset as when I watch episode three. Um, I will say that. Um, so, if, yeah. So I, so I think actually the prequels rank for me in their order, episode one, episode two, then episode three. Um, so, um, but uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think in, in introspect, I mean, just looking at it as an overall thing, Episode 2 kind of, you know, it suffers because it's trying to do a whole lot of heavy lifting that should have been done already by Episode 1. And, you know, this should have been all setting up the Clone War. Or, if we're starting the Clone War, starting the Clone War, and ending, you know, kind of ending us kind of where where we're ending. But it's, uh, because it's got to set up uh, Anakin and Padme's relationship, it has to set up who Dooku is? It's got to set up the Separatists. It's got to, you know, it's doing a whole whole lot of work that it doesn't get a, any chance to breathe, and so there you know, it gets hemmed in by. Yeah, that's a good point. Episode one and episode three dead. Because the thing is, everybody knows the next one's the one that's a payoff, so you don't have any more time to uh, do anything else but but tell the beats that you're going to tell. And as I said before, I think george wanted to tell a grand tragic romance yeah this was his version
2: (laughs) i I think what's interesting about this movie to me is what we've talked about uh so many times is that how the clone wars as a thing uh gets so much better justice from the series the clone wars Mm -hmm. and Also, Anakin's development, a lot of the character development, uh, they they benefit from that from this um, animated series. Um, And I just. um, I feel like that doesn't I don't think like we're 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 missing the point when we say things like that, because it's very true. Um, But it is interesting that um, George sort of painted himself into that corner mm-hmm. we we talked about like well would what would the uh what would the cartoon what would the animated series look like if you know that he had done things differently with the movies you know would we still have gotten this character would would things still have unfolded uh in a certain way and I, and i think like i think like well, my takeaway from that conversation was just like well no i wouldn't it wouldn't have precluded any of that additional development from happening um but the fact that it the the prequels kind of needed that Mm -hmm. i i don't think there's any way of just spinning away from that being kind of a feeling and i love that this movie and i i'll go back to what i said earlier i love that it's the sammy sosa of, of the movies, you know, it's swinging for the fences. It's home run or bust. Um, the Andre Scalaraga of, uh, of, uh, Star Wars movies, but, uh, it does miss at times and the prequels miss at times and, uh, um, you know, it is what it is, I guess.
0: Mm -hmm. well hey we want to want to thank you guys for sticking with us for a longer episode to watch Attack of the Clones but uh, so let us know online what you think Uh, did we miss the mark on anything did we miss didn't talk about something you want to talk about what do you think about Attack of the Clones so um, but hit us up on Twitter or on Facebook Um, you know we like to be distracted from our day to day stuff Um, but until then I think we will sign off and say who dat who dat who dat And everybody have a great week.